Do you hate your job? Of course you do. So do Liz and Noah. Now it's time to join their conversation so you can figure out how to quit your soul-crushing job. Welcome to another episode of When Can I Quit My Job? My name is Noah and I'm joined as always, as almost always, by my lovely wife, Liz. <laughs> yep. How are you doing, Liz? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah. We just, this is our second take. Yeah. So we the had first one didn't work. Yeah, we had some technical issues. We're going again, doing over. Maybe we'll put our uh, sound test at the begin at the end of this episode. Do you have that? Yeah, no, just the one we just did. Oh. It was pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds cute. So... We were we were catching people up on where you've been because you haven't uh, been on the podcast for two weeks. So yeah, so um, I took a weekend trip with Noah mm-hmm. to meet some friends who That's live me. in California. <laughs> uh, we met in Las Vegas, and I started a new MS medication that I have to go to an office for, like in a hospital. Um, so I started that. Mm-hmm. I should have started that a while ago, but because of COVID-19, they weren't administering it, but now mm-hmm. they've decided it's okay to, if we're careful now enough. We're, now we're allowed to administer medication. Yes. Because things are safe enough. I guess. For the time Maybe being. questionable, but you know. Yeah. And um, I don't know, working away at all the... The jobs and the side hustles and mm-hmm. our pool is open. So we've been trying yeah. to like figure out how to get to that. Our actual for, physical pool with water, not like a bedding pool oh, or right, something. Right. <laughs> yeah, our apartment pool. Yeah. And it's only open during business hours. So it's really hard for me to catch <laughs> when it's open, except for on the weekends. So I'm going to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. I don't know if this whole episode's about me or not, but. <laughs> Every episode's all about you. Everything's oh all about man. you. <laughs> nice. That's, that's a kid. I kid. Um, no. Um, yeah. So, oh, sorry. How are you? I'm fantastic. I don't know. Good. Things are going well. I'm. Uh, I haven't quit my latest job working for pizza hut yet that's still coming we have i i I alluded to uh we have some big possibly like transformative types of deals in the works with our business but i'm not going to i'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of all that until they actually happen but um we have some some good (laughs) <laughs> it's possible I already talked about it on the podcast, but I'm not going to talk any more about it until who knows. We talk we talk a lot about a lot of things, and sometimes we record it, and sometimes we don't. But I don't think I got into the, the details of it. Maybe we did. Who knows? Did you mention that you changed your schedule at Pizza oh, Hut? Yeah. Yet? Well, I'm down to three days now, and like so, like. This work I wor- uh, this week I worked like uh, six hours, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I so I wanted I I started and I wanted to work like 18 hours a week and you know 15 to 20 and I wanted to be able to make around $300 a week and I was doing that and but I I have so much going on with our land business right now that it's like that's where I can really make an impact on our income and stuff like that not by working an extra 10 hours a week at delivering pizzas so I have done the trade-off possibly losing out on short-term you know dozens to possibly hundreds of dollars to hopefully create thousands of dollars of income and potentially more in the future so I've decided to go for that trade-off but so Just not all the way right yeah not yet, yet not yet because well I mean we're yeah we're still in like this this kind of gray wishy-washy transition area of like incoming and outgoing funds where like we have so many things going on with our business right now let alone like paying taxes and just like i don't know it's it's weird we've been in like for the last three years we've just been in a weird financial situation where we've been transitioning from one job to two jobs to three jobs to no jobs each of us like and different like sporadic income from different sources your land or our land business your clothing business now Arbon. now you've been at a few different places and i was working at the post office and now i don't now i work at pizza hut and then moving our money from maybe this is that's a totally different episode like all the radical changes in our finances over the last like five years it's been huge like moving all of our wealth from one place to another to back and forth and the tax implications of all that and figuring all that out like it's yeah it's a lot yeah it's heavy but but i don't know i still feel like we're in a really great place and so that loosely connects to what i want to talk to today which talk Ooh. about today and it's i want to talk about paying attention to your money so do you have any thoughts about that just by me just saying that phrase that group of words together oh so you had mentioned talking about this on the podcast before and i'm trying to think of what i thought of then and i think it was my my initial thought that popped into my head was like how people do the dave ramsey like money in money out kind of a thing okay like that's just what i think of generally i don't think that's what maybe you're talking about but well elaborate on that a little bit more because i'm not sure exactly what you're referring to like like basically being aware of every cent yeah that's going coming in and going out or earn, earn, earn more than you spend is the phrase i think right um well no i mean spend less than you make i'm I'm thinking about people who are trying to i guess pay down debt maybe more specifically when i'm thinking about that because a lot of people who do the dave ramsey method Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a lot of it's like getting out from under debt right that's more what i think of like i don't think people who have no debt i doubt that they went to look up dave ramsey and figure out how 
Yeah. Well, so yeah, so, Dave Ramsey so, yeah. And, pe- and like every Susie penny. Orman are like the two. They always get lumped together, at least in the group of people I listen to. And they get shit upon a little bit from the people I take advice from because it's because their method isn't the best method, but their method is way better than most people's method. So I, I respect the people that do the Dave Ramsey or the Susie Orman approach to eliminating debt. It's way better than if you just continued what your previous habits were. So I want to say that first and foremost. So, so what was that like? So you asked me. Mm-hmm. That's that's what watch, comes to mind. Yeah, is like, like or my parents who I don't know that they exactly did like a Dave Ramsey course, but they had like an envelope method, and they had you have mm-hmm. categories mm-hmm. for your money. Yep. And like budgets, so making budgets, of mm-hmm. course, and. Like, so for them, it was a lot of, like, dealing with cash in envelopes. Like, okay, this yeah. is our cash envelope for groceries for the month. And then when it's yep. out, it's out. And, like... Yeah. Um, so, that's what comes to mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's... And that's a really good method. And we use that kind of in our own way. So, when, when I say pay attention to your money, I think of... So... You probably, maybe you've noticed, maybe you haven't. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, we used to talk, I I talked more about Grant Cardone in the past than I have recently. And part of the reason of that is I don't really listen to his podcast anymore. And it's not that I disagree with him or anything like that, but like I have limited time and it wasn't as beneficial as some of the other things I listened to for me. I listened to him at certain points in our life when that's what I needed to hear, and it helped me make some big decisions, and I'm grateful for that. Sorry, you were working for the post office when you started listening to him, so you had hours. Plus, you had a commute. So, anyway, you were in a different place. No, yeah. At that point, I had like like five or six hours a day to listen to podcasts, so I was desperate for more things to listen to. Not that I'm saying you have to be desperate to listen to Grant Cardone, because like I said, he's very, he has a lot of wisdom to spread. He, if you don't know who that is, he's a real estate guy. He's a, I think he's in, I can't remember. He's either like a, maybe his goal is to be a hundred millionaire, but he's definitely a multi multi millionaire. But yeah, he's a real estate guy. He's a value add guy. He's a multi family kind of real estate guy if those family he's yeah, a polygamist apartments and things like that so um what'd you say? oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's setting up franchises now um but but he he does have a lot of wisdom to to give and one of them that i i took from him because you don't have to agree with everything that every guru says and you can like certain things speak to you. Like when you read a book, fiction or not, like certain passages stick out to you uh, and you can keep them moving forward. Right. Like, so one of the things that he said that stuck with me since is to pay attention to your money. Money loves attention. That's what he always says. Money loves attention. And the more you pay attention to it, the more it will grow. And, 
that seems like the opposite approach of the conventional IRA, 401k, conventional money wisdom where it's like, oh, well, yeah, okay, well, your money's in an IRA. It's going to do this over time, but most importantly, you wouldn't, you wouldn't watch it every day. Like, you don't need to, like, it's not going to do any good. It's only going to make you panic. Like, it's... It's counter counterproductive to pay attention to it daily or even weekly or maybe even monthly. Like that's not the point of investing in IRAs. That's not the point of 401ks. That's not the point of retirement plans. The if you pay too much attention, it's going to discourage you. Right. Does yep. that ring true? Have you heard that? Totally. I know that when we were signing up for ours, they told us not to. They. Yes, I don't they know did. if you remember. Do you? I do remember. Okay, yeah. I remember. They basically vividly. were like, "Put, yeah. like, put your money in. Don't look at it." Yep. Because and at the time, how did that? How did that make you feel? If you remember? Oh gosh, I don't remember. Uh, well, okay, no, wait, hold on. I remember him talking about like he had a little graph, and it mm-hmm. was showing dips because of how the market will dip. Yes, and it basically. Will. How much do you, how much control do you have over that dip? Me? None. Dip in the market. I have no as far as I know I don't have any control. If I did, okay. I'd That's correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like something it's I would It's a small point, but it's I'd, a point that needs to be made. <laughs> I I would maybe actually invest in it if I actually had control over it and so would a lot of people. But Right. So in his maybe defense, he oh, was trying I'm just going to interject real quick. When we went, this was and this is maybe like, what, 2011, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Oh, no, it was after that. It was, it was after, after we were married. We were married yeah. 2015, maybe. Okay. 2012 to 2015, somewhere in there. After, after the 2008 crash, that's the only reason I bring that yes. up. Yes. Yes. So, so he had the little picture, the little graph that had all the, the dips. You know, it was kind of a steadily rising line but with dips mm-hmm. in it and he was basically saying like this is normal it's best just to stay strong like you and your partner you know you and your husband mm-hmm. um, when this happens but like it corrects itself and but so what I remember maybe you remember differently is that he was saying like don't worry about it because like because of the dips like ignore it because it's gonna go up and down but if you'll mm-hmm. you drive yourself crazy you'll get scared if yep. you pay attention no, so i remember that just like trust that it's doing the right thing and mm-hmm. ignore it so that's what i so yeah so you asked me like how i remember feeling i remember just thinking oh yeah that makes sense like that's fine mm-hmm. because yeah. Also, at the time, I knew less about money and what I wanted to do with money and my goals for us at the time. All of that was so different than what it is now. Right. So it made sense. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, that that seems like that's good advice. Yeah. So, okay, if if I was going to throw... So if is, I that asked how, you, does that, is that the same for you before you go well, on? Well, I'm going okay. to roll this into one. So if I were to, to ask you for one word that it seems like an investor would throw your way with regards to your portfolio to make sure you're being safe. I'm thinking of a word. Can so diversified? Yes. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. 
<laughs> so how many times have you heard that? Well, okay. So like from the perspective of our, this was like a mid-level manager at our local federal credit union who we were sitting down with in a meeting who gave us all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was emphasizing the importance of diversification. And so we, I think we did like three mutual funds and split them up. Like he gave us like a little bit of control over it. Like he described like five mutual funds, I think. And he had us maybe like pick three of them and then allocate percentages based on what we thought was best or something like, so giving us like the slightest bit of control. And so, and I've heard like people who earn lots of money telling me about like almost lecturing me about diversification and things like that. So what are, what are your thoughts on diversification? Well, again, it's different now than it was. Now I know yeah. it, it's not needed. It's yeah. What are my thoughts on it? I, don't, I, I mean, mean, well, yeah, maybe, maybe bogus. I'm, I'm digging. Yeah. Well, there you go. One word. <laughs> So, I'm not a financial expert. So, and hopefully, everybody, no. as a reminder, knows that we're not financial experts. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, there's there's a disclaimer at the end of every episode. Is so, there? Yeah. Oh I, good. I added that the in like right towards one. the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. So you can't sue us. So fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, but don't su- don't sue us. I was not kidding about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so. Okay, so circling back to... So he did say one thing that made sense to me. And so, okay, first off, and this is a trick that financial people play, and it's probably because financial people are salesmen and they do what works. And so the, the what he led off with was an illustration, okay? And he showed if we invest X amount every year over time how would our performance do based on x amount of years previous performance overlaid projecting into the future so one i don't know because i don't have this illustration at my fingertips but i would conjecture that he cut off the first year probably at the deepest dip from the previous year to start off with Right. Like, so if like stocks were at an all time high in 1928 and then they dipped down in 1929, then he probably started his illustration in 1929 or like he probably started his illustration at the, you know, or night or in the 80s, the stock market crashed on Black Friday or whatever. So he started he probably started his illustration at that point at a lower at a dip. At a dip and saying, if you had invested every dollar at this, you know, this much per year since then, this is how much your dollar would have grown because he wouldn't, it would defeat the purpose of his illustration if he had done it from the year prior, because everything you put in that year would have lost however X amount percentage of dollars. So first off his illustration that he showed me that he led off with the first thing he showed me was probably bogus on some level. I can't, I don't know for sure, but I can almost guarantee that it was some way skewed favorably. Also, they 
are legally allowed to show. Okay, this is a this is a gray area. I I'm, so they they can they can tell you they have like X percent profits, and so you you can technically earn like let's say a ten percent profit for one year, and still be have less money in there than at the beginning of the year because of the way that they show profits. So okay, so. The way they, like, I'm talking about, like, 401ks and IRAs and things like that. So not yeah, yeah. not even to bring in fees, which are exorbitant and gross. And if you're not uh, doing a Roth, then you're also going to have taxes when you take your money out. But so all those things distort the figures. And you can have, like, let's say you lose 50% in the first quarter. And then this isn't an exact illustration, but like you lose 50% in the first quarter and then you gain 56% in the second quarter, uh, they show you earned 6%. But if you take a dollar, right, and then you take 50% away and you have 50 cents and then you earn 56%, then uh, you've got like, what, 78 cents or something like that. And they show that you have a 6% gain over that six months. That's not exactly one for one how they do it, but it's something similar to that. Okay. So interesting. Going up and down, they can show that you've gained a percentage when you've actually lost money. Okay. So that's also configured into their graph, and and then mm. they also project the same performance over the last whatever twenty, thirty, forty, whatever is beneficial to them to illustrate to you into the future which is total conjecture because you don't know how it's going to perform. It can, it can have a straight down line. I mean, you know what I mean? And so, but that's the first thing they do is they say, okay, you do this. Now, if we use the past 30 years performance to project the next 30 years performance, by the time you're set to retire, uh, if you only put in $3,000 a year, you'll have $2 million. And for me, like I actually started like I smile, I remember smiling and like almost getting giddy and being like, wow, that's all I have to do. And you know, I'll be, I'll have millions of dollars and things like that. So he'd already like entranced yeah. me yeah, and been like, and then after that, everything else is like, like, so, you know, when it goes down, just keep in mind the end result that you have no idea if this is actually going to happen based on our funny statistics that, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, and then, you know, he, he, the one legitimate thing he said was like, oh, when the stock market crashes, you have to think of that as a stock market going on sale. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. That does mm -hmm. make sense. It still makes yeah. sense. Like, if I was ever right, going and to not to pull out, I mean, his, th his, the really what I got from that is the warning that that's not when you pull your money out. Oh yeah, because like, that's when everybody gets scary, but like, don't do that. Right. So yeah, that 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 point yeah. it made sense. And and the the other thing, I don't know if is I don't know how to feel about this, but I don't think he was vindictive. I don't think he was trying to trick us. I don't think like I don't think he was just no, like No, no, I don't think so either. He I don't was think a he really was just, nice guy. Yeah. I think that's probably what he did with his money. I think he told us that. Like I so it's like I I hold no animus towards him by any means or anything animus? like that. Animus is that a word? Is that a way to say it? Yeah. Not mm -hmm. animosity. They're both 
things. They're both correct? Okay, yeah. cool. I haven't yeah. heard that. Oh, well, I'm a walking thesaurus. <laughs> um, but so, but that's, that's, how, that's how financial professionals are trained. I mean, they, he probably had that, that whole, he had that script, he had that animation, everything given to him by the company. He's, he probably was given the overriding the objections, anything I would have said. Like, I, I was the person who came in educated. I was the person who I understood, like, if I'm getting into the stock market, I want to put more money in when it's lower and... If any, if I was ever going to take money out, it's when it's higher. Like that's that's what you do because that's the opposite of what most people do. But it's also because you know buy buy high, sell low, and people do the opposite, and that's when they get fucked. But they also get fucked because it's just out of your control. You have no like you have to be lucky to retire during the right time when it's not going to take a huge dip and cut fifty percent out of your retirement plan and things like that. But but. So this is all to come back around to the point of pay attention to your money. And mm-hmm. so as we've mentioned before on here, we use a site called Mint. Um, it's mm-hmm. run by Intuit now. but Yeah, um, it's an app. There's an app and, a, and the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as Grant Cardone says, money loves attention. So, okay, money loves two things. Attention. Do you know the other thing? Speed. Yes. Good job. <laughs> so, do you know? Can you explain why money loves speed? Um, I don't know if, if it's the version that you'd be looking for, but I just, I mean, I the faster hear. you can use it and invest it into things that'll make you money, it'll um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't like snowball, influence. but like yeah. Exponential growth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. That's exponential growth can happen like whereas. Right. I mean, if it's stagnant, it's never going to grow. So it, like to me, it's yeah. just kind of the opposite of thinking like if my money's in a bank. Well, stag- and, and, and and like. Stagnant money is actually losing money because of inflation. Oh, that too. Well, yeah. so. But yeah. So I think of like on one part of the, one side of the spectrum, it's like in a bank gaining what? Like. 0.02 percent yeah or whatever yeah like which isn't doing anything right versus like taking money and investing it in something that gives you returns in an asset so to me it's right. like i think of putting it in assets that are gonna have return on investment do you consider the stock market or stocks or bonds Speed? an asset oh or a 401k or an ira oh that's a good question well I mean, I guess yes. Do you? I feel like it's a very restricted asset. Yeah. Especially IRAs and 401ks because you don't have access to it. Stocks and bonds, you can buy and sell and trade. Yeah. Uh, so those are assets, but they're speculative. Right. Um, and they're very risky. Mutual funds and things like that through IRAs and 401ks... While they're an asset, I think I consider them an asset. They're they're volatile. You have no control right. of the over them, and you don't have you don't have access to the capital in there right. other than switching it between 
Right. So that's not speed to me. Like, I mean, and being right. an asset isn't to me. Like, so that's a different thing in my mind. Yeah. So when you talk about money loving speed, even though that can be considered an asset, it's not fast and you don't have access to it if you need it right away and you get penalized if you use it sometimes. Like, right. And like, so I'm thinking of more like how we got into cash flow investing because mm-hmm. as the name implies, it's going to be quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah. For, yeah. For me, speed means flipping. Yeah. So, and by flipping, I mean put your money into an asset, sell the asset as fast as possible, get more money back. Mm-hmm. That's that's the fastest thing that I have access to that I know about. Like, and, and the, the best way to do that for our level of money that we have access to is land in like a couple thousand dollars at a time kind of thing. So like, and it's also less volatile than um, like flipping houses, for instance. Uh, if I knew something about cars, okay, I could flip cars. And that's probably in the, about in the same price range. Uh, or you could do higher end cars. And that's a little bit higher of a price range for what we're doing. So, yes, so so speed. So the calculation then is, okay, I can, so going back to money loves speed is you can buy an asset for, let's say, $1,000. How quickly can you sell it for two, three, four, five, ten, twenty thousand $20,000? So if I can buy an asset for $1,000 and it takes me two years to sell it for 20000 I would rather sell that in a month for 2000 Why? Because if that's repeatable, just do the math. You know, buy it for 1000 in one month, sell it for 2000 Buy two immediately for 1000 sell each for 2000 Right. 4000 right. So in a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in a year, versus, you're probably a millionaire. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, I, yeah. without doing the math in my he- yep. head right now. So it's, it's, it's not necessarily about profit margin. It's about speed and repeatability. Um, and maybe that's getting off the topic of paying attention to your money, but we always get off topic. So who cares? Um, (laughs) but so, so going back to mint, we have all of our assets on there, all of our, well, almost all of them. There's a few that can't go on there for whatever because they're not hooked up with mint or whatever but i get onto our mint like every single day and i see i see when our dividend paying whole life insurance plans go up by a couple hundred dollars i see when i see when our checks come in i see when our our we we buy gas for our cars on our credit card and things like that. And, you know, one super small example of a way that's helped me this month was I saw the day before this, this charge came through on our bank account, uh, for an apartment complex that we don't live at. (laughs) Right. And so I called our bank account or our, our bank, and I was like, "Hey, why are we getting charged what looks like rent for some apartment complex we don't live at?" And right, and it wasn't like 
in Fort Wayne, like a studio apartment that you could get, or, you know, a one bedroom for like $500. No, it was, it was like $1,200. Yeah. That was like scheduled to come out of our bank account. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. I was like, what the hell is this about? And then, you know, I called around. I got it fixed. We got to put back in our account really quickly. But, you know, that's just one small example. But the other thing is like maybe if you're paying attention to your IRAs and your 401ks and things like that. And you realize how volatile they are and that you have zero control over that. Like maybe that might start to wake you up a little bit that maybe that's not the best place for your money. And what if that did happen at a time when you were dependent upon it? You know, like that's a thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. People who are getting ready to retire. Right. And like that happens. Like, oh, just think about it as the stock market went on sale. Well, it went on sale after I quit my I retired. I don't have any money to buy it with. And now I'm supposed to live on that. So like that's all well and good when I'm 35. Right. And I've got money to put in to buy more. But like when it crashes right after I've retired and now I can't afford my mortgage anymore and Social Security could go away at any moment. Like, oh, well, just yeah, just don't pay attention to that. Like. What kind of advice is that from any kind of serious person that like the best thing to do for your money is not to pay attention for it or pay attention to it? Like, right. It's ridiculous. Right. And peace of mind, I guess. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. So we can ignore. Yeah. Great. Peace of mind until you're fucking living on the streets or yeah. in a shelter or whatever. But like, I mean, it's. Not only just to catch fraud and things like that. That's just like a bonus example or whatever like that. But like if you, I mean, if you're young and you're starting out and you're you're trying non-traditional investment strategies and things like that, you can literally see like if you put $1,000 in here and $1,000 in there and $1,000 in there and that's all you have to invest at the time, you can see which one's performing better and you can switch more quickly. Like you can say... Oh, this one made me twenty dollars this month. This one made me eight dollars this month. And this one made me sixty-five cents this month. Well, what does that tell you? Like, maybe I should move my money into there, or you know. And then if the one that earned you twenty dollars this month earns you negative eight dollars next month, and the ten-dollar one earns you ten dollars again, then maybe you should switch again. You know, like it's okay to move your money back and forth. It's okay to switch your strategies. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I know that's rhetorical. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know you're not really asking <laughs> me because obviously it's yes, I know yeah, what you're saying. But Picking up what you're putting down. Like, that spur any other thoughts in your mind about like paying attention to your money? It made me think of like how a lot of people take the ignorance is bliss approach. So oh, like yeah. he was selling a product popular. to us that was like, this is what everybody does. It's safe. Just do it. And you'll have some money to retire. Right. Like you don't even need you'll to You'll retire pay millionaires. Just don't ever pay attention. And by the way, I never mentioned to you that I get a commission off of this. Well, yeah, I guess. Which not. is true. He does and he didn't. Oh. He did and he didn't because we cashed those out. <laughs> <laughs> so I think about that and like how... A lot of the things we talk about on our podcast, like, it's hard because it's just more work. People, like, he's yeah. selling as a far product as thinking that is work. 
Well, but like doing like to actually like if you're saying as an example, like test it out, do a thousand here, a thousand there. Oh, yeah. A thousand here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not you're serious, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. it's more work than the advice of, of the person who works at the bank, who you would think you can trust is the financial expert right. who is selling a product that says, if you just do this and like forget about it, it's going to grow until you're old enough to retire and right. it'll be mostly good like with that. And then, you know, plus hopefully social security and plus whatever other, because they talk about pieces of, of the pie. Now you can't right. just rely on social security, <laughs> but oh, you have not. to have other parts, other pieces of the pie to help you retire. I pray social so, security is gone by the time we retire. Well, so I think about that and how, like, even if it wasn't for you, Noah, like, I don't know that I would be pursuing all of this stuff either because people want easy. Right. A lot of people want easy. Well, the problem is that people think economics, even down to the personal level, is too complicated to try to understand because they see these intellectuals talking about shit they don't understand which is intentional on some level, like talking above people's heads and they're like, well, God, I can barely grasp uh, a family economy, let alone like uh, a national or a global economy. People don't, people don't understand that it, it scales and it's like, it's, it only has to be based on principle. Like you can have, a three family living on a desert island economy and figure out the principles from there. And people don't don't understand that. And probably a lot of people who hear me say that right now, that doesn't make any sense to you, but um, I guess that's, that's, that's that's your homework. That's, (laughs) that's that's Austrian economic economics, economics (laughs) talking, but yeah, like the you're being so basically okay. So there are narratives fed down to us by ooh, we're gonna get deep here <laughs> by the powerful and the wealthy, right? And they and they say like the powers that be, the powers <laughs> that be, and they want to put you. They want to put. They want you. Oh, this is a good phrase that um, that Ryan Griggs and James Nethery use, and it's. Um, Have you ever heard the phrase assets under management? I don't believe so. So, okay. So wealthy people basically have asset managers and they pay them exorbitant amounts of money to manage their expendable income to invest it for them. Okay. And that's called assets under management. And the derogatory rephrasing of that is your assets under their management. And that is the exact opposite of what we're practicing with IBC which is our assets under our management right because we're taking the responsibility to learn how to manage our our capital so yeah we're taking it upon ourselves to learn how to do that and so that's like you're being fed by (laughs) fed is the appropriate word because uh fed is the part the federal reserve is a part of this uh force feeding but wall street collusion 
with the Federal Reserve and the government. Sorry if this is getting a little conspiratorial, but it's not if you look into it. Are just they are feeding you this this line of you are too stupid to have your own assets under your own control. What you have to do is put it in the the stock market. You have to put it into mutual funds. Let us manage it. That's like that's how 401k was originally created was because people are too stupid to manage their own their own funds and so like you're being not only just like peer pressured but like all the big talking heads that purport to be industry experts tell you that's where you have to put your money and that's the only sane place to put it and uh who who benefits off of you putting you're basically giving a lifetime loan to wall street corporations at the penalty of yourself using any of that money at high taxable rates until you're between the ages of 59 and a half and 72 until you become open to penalties once again you have that golden golden zone of like 12 years when you're allowed to use your own money so who's that benefiting to basically give 10 20 25% of your income to large corporations on Wall Street control of your money for the entirety of your life who's who's that benefiting someone other than me it sounds like yeah <laughs> sorry that was a long tangent yeah i don't know do you have any thoughts on my wild tangent there of conspiracy theories and suggestions <laughs> Um, well, I don't think it's a tangent because like you're saying, it's, it's in a place to where not only are you told not to pay attention, but you may not be benefiting. Like, so it's kind of insult to injury. Right. Like, yeah. But it makes me think of the video that we watched the, um, banking with life. Oh yeah. Video Mm -hmm. talking about like the traditional kind of 401ks or IRAs that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um where i never really thought about it like how it's set up to be like your account and your money but like (laughs) your your tax and you have fees and you Mm -hmm. can't touch it really and you can't right you're told to ignore it and but everyone just does it it. i've heard it referred to as putting your money in prison Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah don't do it (laughs) no it's but hard because people don't want to listen to us. They really I know, don't. Like I know. we even have like super good friends who, I don't know. I'm hoping yeah. we can send them like this DVD or something sometime because like part of it's like, don't listen to us. Like, listen to these other people who are experts on it, and then like make your decision. Right. Right. Yeah. So people who've been doing it for 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. We're not there yet. We've been doing it for three years though. Yeah. And we're not swimming in the benefits yet, but that's because we're still growing our income. So, you know, we started with very moderate incomes and, you know, we still have very moderate incomes. But as our incomes grow, so will our policies and so will the benefits from our policies. And as our policies get older, they'll get more efficient and more beneficial. But it's, yeah, I remember when we set up these policies kind of which is so counter to what you just talked all about Mm -hmm. like i remember thinking how 
when I didn't understand how fluid it was and like, okay, a life insurance policy, that seems really formal and like mm-hmm. an IRA or a 401k, like we can take money out of that. Like that doesn't seem right. Like, and yeah. then you started doing it and it's like, oh yeah, like sometimes it feels like it's within 24 hours. It's like in our bank account, like our money from the policy. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe it's not that soon, but like, and no, no issues, no fee. Yeah. No. It's like literally like, a two minute phone call. Yeah. Yeah, which is wild, like, because I was so programmed to be like, oh, if you have it set up in something fancy like that, like, you can't really use it. You can't take money out. Like, that's, I mean, it's our money, but, you know. Yeah. So, but like, not only was, are we part owners, but we also have, like, first preference on access to that capital. So, they're, like, they're there to serve us. Like, we, we are the most beneficial people that they could loan that money out to because it's guaranteed income for them. So, yeah, it's just like definitely a mindset shift and like being open to like something different because it's definitely blown my mind the whole process. Yeah. And we're not even, I can say we're not even really doing the process correctly yet. I mean, right, we're not even good at it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're very mediocre. It's true. It's true. <laughs> even at like well, all of this. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, the land business and IBC. I mean, IBC we're like so we, human. We yeah, we try to put as much money as there, in there as we can, but we don't do like the scheduled uh, you know, x percent interest payments and things like that because we're in a what's what I would consider a windfall business where we get lumps of money at X amount, you know, and every so often, but it's not like, so it's not, it's not as steady as some other sources of sources of income. We just basically every extra dollar we have, we put back in there to pay off our loans. And then when we need loans, we take loans. Like that's basically what we're doing right now. But as our income continues to expand and grow through the land business, then we'll be able to implement it more correctly. But even doing it shittily as we do, it's way preferable to just locking our money up in a retirement account and watching it go up and down without any control. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) Anything else you want to add? Not really. Hope everybody has had a great weekend and, has a great week. Fuck yeah. Yeah, holiday weekend coming up, so. Independence Day. That's all, yeah. Will Smith. Oh, yeah, our tradition. Yeah. We always watch Independence Day on the 4th of July. Mm -hmm, The original. So, looking forward to that. Hell yeah. Talk to you guys soon. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for listening to When Can I Quit My Job? Please remember to support the show by visiting whencanIquitmyjobshow.com and clicking the Patreon and Amazon links. Also, subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tell your friends about us. Liz and Noah are not financial or legal advisors, and all information given on this podcast should be consumed for entertainment purposes only. Hello, my name is Noah. Hello, my name is Lance.